Spurs fans, welcome back to another Spurs and Salsa. I'm your host, JD, and on the on the line with me is my partner in crime, co-host Mouse is in the house. What's going on, JD? What's going on, San Antonio? We're back. How are you feeling today? <clears throat> Man, I'm feeling good, bro. We got... The huh? Cowboys are rolling. I know, yeah. This time, this time of the year, the Cowboys usually dictate my my feelings, how my weed, how my week, how my mood's going. Long, you know, the long coins play a factor as well. They're they're doing. We got UTSA man. I I, I can't ask for anything better. Anything <laughs> more? This is we're, we're living the dream right now in San Antonio. Man, you're uh, walking on clouds, huh? Wife's yeah, happy. Just, uh, wife's happy. Hoping, hoping. Uh, hope. Yeah, man. Everybody's happy in the, in the house of mouse this week. Just hoping <laughs> some Ben Simmons trade news comes down the pipe about the Spurs, but it doesn't look. It's not looking that way. No. Hey, don't be greedy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll. Uh, we don't have Ben Simmons news. But we do have uh we had media day for the Spurs. Yeah, that was neat. Nothing uh nothing shocking came out of it. I think the one bit of tidbit is the Spurs are hundred percent vaccinated. I think the whole NBA is ninety percent. Even though I think the ten percent Yeah, that's that's interesting. I know, uh, I know. I did see an interview with Pop where you know he said the obvious, what you know, something we we can tell we've talked about. You know, there's no superstars on the team. You know, that's that's not how they're built. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting year to see these young guys and and you know. You you've been calling for it. We're gonna we're gonna see what they what they have, what they're made of. Yeah, he seems excited for the possibility too. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. He if it's the, I don't know if it's the gold medal that's put a pep in his step, but he does seem pretty excited about the possibilities. Like you know, he did mention there's no go-to player. It's almost like he's excited just to see what he has or maybe he knows something we don't maybe he knows that he's about to unleash a really good young team on us yeah but there's obvious there's there was more pep in his step or in his voice and his language than usual yeah and it could it could go back to the olympics like you said because that video that surfaced after they won with him like breaking down like he you know he was cussing about how he feels and then like breaking down like if he was playing defense. Like I've never seen that side of pop in yeah. twenty something years. So maybe maybe he's just kinda of turned the page and he's he's realized he's gotta get a little bit younger to play with these guys and, and you know, mentor him the way the way he's used to and maybe he's adapting. Yeah. <clears throat> and and we are gonna see a new pop. Uh he did mention Manu. Yeah, coming back. Which is I don't know if we do we just I don't think we talked about that right I think that's new no yeah that's new so he's like a player advisor or something you know 
it's like Pop said, he can do whatever he wants. Like he's part of yeah, he's part of the team. I think that's a that's extremely positive. You know, having that championship, not only the championship culture, but he knows the Spurs culture. He can be that bridge between the young guys and Pop and I think yeah, it's even more, know, more important than we realize. Yeah, for sure. And Tim, Tim obviously was a part of the, the staff um, before. And not not a knock on Tim because he's the GOAT and we love him. But if you're going to ask me who I would guess would be a better coach, right, who could connect with the players more, Tim or Manu, I would say Manu all day, right? Tim's going to go out there. He's going to be quiet. He's going to show you what to do by by doing it. But as a coach, when, when you're trying to teach and, and, you know, make these young men work together as a team and, and, and play together, I think Manu is going to be a great fit for that. Yeah, I mean, and I think it felt like Tim was real connected to Aldridge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. when, Tim, when Tim was a coach, there was still quite a bit of veteran presence. You know, this team... This team is all young. So Manu's got a different beast to deal with than Tim did. But I do think it's a great fit. And I'm, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's exciting. And I'm not going to overhype it because he's, you know, he's an advisor or coach, whatever we're calling it. But that is exciting. It's, yeah. it's positive. For sure. Uh, another thing I'm seeing, you know, we talked about Pop having excitement. The players have all been kind of saying the same thing, that they're ready to show what they can do. And they seem like a real tight-knit group, I guess because they're all close in age. Uh, there were some pictures and video surface of them hanging out in Austin and 6th Street. It's a, it's a tight group. Yeah, I, and love, I, think, I, love, I love hearing that. And I think one thing Spurs fans have to realize is I don't know if they're going to come out of the gate strong. I mean, they're young, they're new, but this is a group of guys that I would really ride the season with. They might start slow, but maybe around Christmas, maybe around the rodeo road trip is where they kind of find out who they are too. Because again, we all wonder who's going to be the go-to guy or who's going to step up. I mean, they're kind of wondering the same thing. I mean, they probably all have visions of de- being the guy, but they also have to find their roles on this team. So if I'm a Spurs fan, show some patience, let them gel, see what they got. But I am excited. I'm excited for the season. I have the same kind of optimism as Pop does. Uh, and hopefully it's warranted. Warranted. It's yeah. coming up soon, too. Yeah, it's like 19 days or something like that, 20 yeah. days away. Pretty soon we'll be starting the show with, you know, actual game talk. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I did see a report that came out that said Pop, they believe Pop's going to be open to coaching next year, which is, it, it kind of took me took me by surprise a little bit because I, I wasn't even really thinking about him not coaching, right? And I, I guess this is going to be a topic of conversation and beginning yeah. yeah for the next few years and At you least. know until he says something and he's probably the type of guy that won't say anything so after the fact but 
I don't think anyone knows what he's going to do. Yeah. Maybe the front office, maybe he's giving them a timetable, but we're not going to see a report. Like the media is not going to know. I think what will end up happening is we'll get a press release, you know, some random June or July. Yeah. That he's he's hanging it up. But uh, yeah. Until he says something, until it comes out of his mouth, I think it's kind of just hearsay. Yeah. People have been trying to pinpoint when he's going to retire for the last five years. And he's not coaching the Olympic team anymore. I think Team USA is looking for a new coach. So that was one of the things people thought he would just retire and just focus on Team USA. Well, he's not even doing that anymore. So. Speculation. Um, all we can do is speculate. But uh, until then, until the Spurs start, this podcast is going to probably be about 90% football. Yeah. And I know you're pumped to talk about it, so we'll jump right into it. The Dallas Cowboys took care of business on Monday night. And that was and one they... of the more satisfying wins. Like yeah. They just stepped on their throat. Yeah, it was just a domination. I think we text that. Like, they just dominated them almost the entire game. And not only was it on national TV, but it was against the Eagles. So, it felt good. It felt really good to see them go out there and quiet the talk of who's the best team in the NFC East at, at least. Yeah, I think wondering who the team of the East is or wondering if the Cowboys are gonna are good enough to win the East, I think that's over, right? Like, yep. They're clearly the favorite in the East. Um, before we talk into expectations, I mean, I just got to say, Diggs, man, he's mm-hmm. he was named NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Yep. He now has an interception in every game he's played. He took the last one to the house. I think we can call him a star player. Yeah, man, that guy's a stud. And... We haven't had one of those since Terrence Newman. Oh man, I, I hate I don't hate thinking about Terrence Newman as a star player, but but yeah, I, I hear you. I I, I don't want to make that comparison because if he's a if he ends up being a Terrence Newman, I don't know if I'm happy with that. Oh but, man, we're gonna I don't know if we should steer this podcast in the wrong direction, but I'm a Terrence Newman truther, so I don't know nah, how much land how much land you can take. Yeah. You know what? Let's stay positive. Let's stay positive. Yeah. <laughs> Diggs is a stud. Yeah, for uh, sure. Quietly, he, the, the safeties are playing well. Malik Hooker yep. on the field. Curse. Uh-huh. Curse good safety play. Yeah. That's the first time we've had good safety play since Darren Woodson and Roy Williams. Yeah. When they were together. Sure. So it's been a long time. Like this franchise has ignored the safety position for so long, and I think that's one of the that's quietly one of the reasons why this defense is good. There's hey, we talked about being. I said they're going to be a top fifteen defense. I'm telling you, they will be a top fifteen defense this year. And you know what? It's it's looking like they might be. You're right. And the turnovers. How, we're getting turnovers like never before. I think that goes to show you that turnovers are – you got a scheme for turnovers, and it's a mentality. 
Mm-hmm. You know, some coaches have tried to lie to us and say that it's just they either happen or they don't, but that's not true. Especially for DBs because it's one thing to defend the pass, but if you're making a play on the ball yourself, like there's a different, there's, there's a different mentality. You got to have a swag about you. Yeah. Like Diggs goes and looks for the ball. Yeah, and I, I loved he was like he was jawing off at a at um Hertz. He was like running his mouth at him, which I loved. You know what I mean? He was like the and somebody pointed that out that he was jawing at him and Devontae Smith, but they're all college buddies. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I think it's more friendly ish. Like it's not it no, could be funny. Like this- it wasn't yeah. disrespectful, but it comes with with having like a swag to you, you know, like he's feeling himself. Because if he if he wasn't feeling himself, he wouldn't be running his mouth. Now, if he does it against a quarterback he didn't go to school with, then I'm gonna, then I'll be real like, okay, this guy's really feeling himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm okay with. I think defensively, you have to have that mentality. Uh, Mika Parsons. I mean, I don't know how much more we have to praise him. Randy Gregory had a good game. I, I saw him applying a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he got two holding penalties called. They held him twice, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Which are just as good as sacks because that's 10 yards right there. Uh, Osa, man. Yeah. Was Osa? Be. Was he the one that had the clothesline? Yeah. Uh, was Yeah, it was. Yep. He's having a really good season. Yeah, he just snagged. Uh, I actually like told my wife, like, look at this, like, look at this man just grab another man with his arm and just like yank him back. It was, it was nuts. So Parsons gets a lot of the pub, rightfully so. Digs, Osa, somebody we haven't a, another position that we we haven't ignored. We just haven't hit it right with our draft picks. Mm-hmm. Defensive tackle. We haven't had defensive tackle play like this, and you know, I I don't remember how long. Uh, Osa's playing some ball. There's little diff. There's little things about the defense. It's almost like the stars aligned. Mm-hmm. You know, in the off season, I thought you were kind of crazy for predicting the top fifteen defense. But Diggs took a huge step forward, which I think we saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, Osa's become a really good player right out of the gate, and then the safety play is good enough. Like it's solid. Everything has gone right. Even, I mean, let me rephrase that. All the unknowns have gone right on defense. Yeah. I don't want to say everything's gone right because Demarcus Lawrence is hurt. But can you imagine yeah, his defense when he's back? Yeah, we're still missing. We're missing a handful of projected starters, really. Right? I mean, Demar Demarcus is out. Neil's out. Wilson's out. I think we're missing somebody else on the interior. I mean, we're missing. We're yeah. Missing some pretty so, good players still. This is not us at full steam. Wilson won't see the field, I don't think. I think the two safeties took his job, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Neil will be back, hopefully. He's COVID, so we'll, we'll see. We won't know till probably game day. If uh, I thought I saw a report that he might miss both games, which means he's probably not vaccinated. I don't want to speculate, but usually they think you're going to be in danger of missing more than one week because they're not sure how the symptoms will stick with you. Mm. But, yeah, you're right. Neil, Lawrence, Gallimore's out. Now, I think Osa took his job, but we'll have some depth there. But, yeah, this defense 
was a lot better than expected. Now, the offense, I think everyone was in agreement. Well, not everyone. You and I were in agreement that it was one of the better offenses in the league. Mm-hmm. It's To me, it's the best offense. And I know somebody, probably our boy Harry listening, screaming that I'm a homer. And hear me out. I can't think of a more balanced offense. If you want to throw it for 400 yards all over the field, they can do it. If you want to run it, they can do it. And not only running it, but Pollard has become a, such a good change of pace back. Somebody who they use to attack the edges, get him in space. And then Zeke's running as hard as I've ever seen him. It's, it's almost like he knows, he knows you know, Pollard's on his heels. So if, it's, if you want to run up the middle, you have Zeke. If you want to run the edges, you have Pollard. They're just diverse. And then Yeah. And Dak's playing the again playing the best ball I've ever seen him play. Like mentally. Oh he's yeah. Just, he's just picking picking the defenses apart. He's in he's got the glow like the last dragon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's been building like Bruce Leroy throughout the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah, Dak's got the glow. For sure. Um you know who else though? Kellen War. I've always yeah. been a Kellen Moore fan. But he's almost flawless with his play calling. Yep. Like I, he's so good with his play calling that when there's a bad play call, I notice it because they're so rare. Yeah. He, it's almost like he's he knows he has all these toys and now he he properly knows how to use them all. And again, and I've said this the last two weeks, but the fact that they lost Gallimore or. Michael Gallup, and instead of just sticking with the same formations with three wide receivers all the time, the fact that he said, okay, well, we'll, sw- we'll switch it up with two tight end sets. They ran so much two tight end sets. Yeah, they much more. And you yeah. can do that because you have two good tight ends. Yep. I love that he switched up his personnel. He's putting the best personnel on the field, and he's multiple, and you don't know if – when they're in two tight end sets, are they going to run the ball? Are they going to pass the ball? Which tight end are they going to throw to? Which running back are they going to give it to? Are they going to play action you and hit Dalton Schultz? Which, what, he got two touchdowns this game? Yeah, he got two. Yeah, I two mean, touches. they're just scheming perfectly. I don't even think CeeDee Lamb had one or two catches. His number wasn't called too often. They didn't need to be. Mm-mm. This. I'll argue with anyone that this is the best offense. Kansas City, they don't have a run game nearly as effective. No. They don't have as many receivers. Uh, who else would be in a conversation? The Bucks. I don't think they can run as well as we can. I'm trying to think who else. The Packers. Packers are close because Aaron Jones is having a great year. Um, I think the Packers would be the biggest competition for the Cowboys' crown. And speaking of getting players back, they'll get Leo Collins in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Even though that idiot yeah. tried to bribe a yeah, that's NFL official. What is he thinking? He's had some bonehead decisions. If, if Steele plays well, I wonder what they do. Yeah, that's something, man. I don't think I've called Steele's name once. 
he's playing well. He's playing really well during the game. Yeah, he he. It's like he got he got embarrassed a lot last year, and he was like not anymore, and went into the weight room and just beat up the weights. And now he's definitely holding his own. And also, he's a second year player now. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Johnson used to say that players take a giant leap from their rookie year to second year. Are you if they're going to be really good, you'll see a giant leap. Yep. So Steele definitely has taken a giant lead. Obviously, Diggs has. Um, if I was going to try to find a negative, it's the center position. Yeah, he's kind of taking a step back, right? Like, yeah. Last year, we felt really, really good about him. He's getting – I mean, now keep in mind, he's going up against some some beasts there in the middle, but he's, he is the weak link right now in, in our he's offensive at, he's, he's had a rough season, and yeah. he's either going to turn it around or – they might have to. You remember in the preseason they tried to get Connor Williams to snap the football. Yeah, and that was a, that was a sh- sh- boo boo show. Like that didn't go well. There's a bunch of. I can see now. I can see why they were trying that. Yeah. Now they might try to. They might tell Connor McGovern, "Hey, you're not playing right now. Do nothing but snap. snap." Yeah. Yeah. Or Connor Williams keep working at it. I think if one of them can if. Uh, we're half joking, but if they were trying to get Connor Williams to snap the ball in preseason, they know that he's. They know that we need an upgraded center. Yeah, but you know what? Nobody's perfect, so this offense is close as close to it as you can get. But that's the weak link. Um, yeah. You mentioned it in the in the beginning. The Cowboys. Now we can talk expectations. We're three weeks mm-hmm. in. I don't, I don't think we're going to win the East. I expect to win the East. Oh yeah, with Absolutely. with you know. And in years past, the East has been so bad that every time the Cowboys would lose a game, we were never out of it, because you would see the Giants lose and the Washington lose, or you know, yeah. it's always been the last few years have been those kind of seasons. I think this year, Cowboy fans won't be scoreboard watching the East. I think we'll be scoreboard watching the rest of the NFC. Yeah. Meaning we're shooting for one seed. We're, we're looking like we want to compete for a Super Bowl. And I'll and say got... it right now. We're, we're, we're a contender. Oh, yeah. I, and you know what? I, I don't know if you've seen the rankings so far this week, but I've been uh, a little pissed off at them because I haven't seen one rankings, whether it's any of the big – the big networks or websites that uh, that have us above the Chargers. Now I know the Chargers just beat the Chiefs, but we, we put did. it to the Chargers. We literally beat the yeah, yeah. I That's was like, why how, how is that? I don't look at rankings in the NFL because they don't matter one lick. Yeah, but you're right. That's just dumb. Like, how can you as a writer sit down and say the Chargers are better than the Cowboys? Yeah, that's the stupidest thing ever. We, we just beat them in their home stadium. Now, if this was college football and there was a situation like this, I'd be screaming. <laughs> you would see so many ugly texts coming from the Spurs and Salsa. I'm sorry, tweets. You'd be seeing so many ugly tweets. tweets. <laughs> I'd be mad. Yeah. That's like if A&M was still ranked ahead of Arkansas right now. Yeah, That's how so dumb it is. And we'll get to college in a minute. But, yeah, where's the logic? But – NFL power rankings, 
don't mean deadly, so I'm okay. Now, with that said, the only guy that's given us respect, which is the most crazy part of 2021 so far, Stephen A. Smith had the Cowboys at number three. Really? I, I yeah. Man, I, I, I tune that guy out. I don't listen I don't to watch it watch either, it. but it came up on one of my social media accounts. I couldn't believe it. And he's probably he's probably doing it to try and jinx us. I know I know how that guy is. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, and you know, when you look at the schedule, we got. I mean, I know we played Carolina this week, who I think are probably they're overrated. Good team. I mean, they're, yeah, they're a good team, but I I don't think they're they're on our level, right? Like, I think we should win that game. Oh, I agree. Maybe, but don't discredit. Three like, and That's going to be a good game, and if the Cowboys win, that's a good win. It's a quality win. Yeah. But other other than Carolina, I mean, we got to, you know, okay, the Giants and the Patriots and the Vikings, and then the Broncos were three and zero. We'll see where they are then, and the Falcons. So we we could rattle off a good string of wins here in the next yeah. five or six games. I think the the important thing right now, what you want to see is consistency, yeah, especially from the defense, because again, this is brand new, right? Getting turnovers is brand new for this defense. Getting pressure on the quarterback is brand new for this defense. Being a top 15-ish defense is brand new. So I think that's what you want to see from the Cowboys. Offense, you know what you get. Mm-hmm. The play calling's perfect. you got the personnel. Your quarterback's got the glow. <laughs> so, hey, someone's got to Photoshop that, put the, put the glow on Dak. Yeah. So we got to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. And I need to make sure I start – when I start tweeting this out and put it on Facebook. Yeah. I got every, everybody needs to know it's our idea. For sure. You got to trademark it or do whatever you need to do. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'll be looking at the defense. And, of course, health. Health is always an yeah. issue. And you're not going to stay healthy in the NFL. But that's why it's important to have depth. This team is very is way more prepared mm-hmm. than in years past. And during the Jason Garrett era, maybe it's because they didn't draft well, there's not enough depth, but – Injuries used to ruin the Cowboys. Yeah. And this year, you know, even when remember when Demarcus Lawrence got hurt? Yeah. I think half I think most Cowboy fans are like, oh crap, we're doing this again. Yeah. Oh, Michael Gallup got hurt and it suspended. It it Five just games. felt like another Yeah, that was all like week one. Yeah. Right it felt like another one. off the rail season. And kudos to McCarthy and the coaching staff. And just the and the front office because there's plenty of depth that this team can adapt and next man up. Garrett used to say next man up, but this team now is living it. Yeah, and it's exciting. And, you know, we're we no shame in saying generally we're I'm a homer, right? Like I love the Cowboys. I'm yeah, yeah. gonna be optimistic. But you you heard us last week call call out the front office for for missing on Asante. And he, he actually, I don't know if you saw, he was the rookie, defensive rookie player of the month. Of the month, month. yeah, he, I did. Yeah, he, beat, he beat out Micah. But something else that I, they got to get fixed, that they got to figure out, is Mike McCarthy, my boy, managing these freaking timeouts and managing okay. the clock going into the half and going in at, at a, you know, ending the game. Because there is another huge mishap this week. Yes, and I'm glad you brought it up because I'm not a big McCarthy fan. And I didn't want to sound like a hater by bringing it up, <laughs> yeah. but you did, so we'll get into it. What in the world is he doing with clock management? Uh, I, I mean, 
was it week one or week two where he said he couldn't see the clock? Yeah, yep, it was week two. He said he couldn't see it. Like this guy said, there was a cameraman in, in his way. Like that can't happen. <laughs> yeah. And then this week, did he give an explanation as to why? I think he just didn't want to risk it for the first half. Yeah, I, I didn't hear any explanation from him. I mean, that, that's the reason that I heard. Like, you don't want to risk it, time, call the timeout, and they go for it. But, I mean, come on. There's, there's, you you got to call timeouts there. Yeah, when your offense is humming like this, yeah, uh, put it to them. Yeah. Put it and, to And the worst thing about it is he's not calling plays. Right, what has he got to be thinking about when he's out there? I mean, I know he's a head coach. Again, you know I'm a Mike McCarthy fan. So what you're saying is he, off- he should be focused he, on the clock. Yeah. yeah. Those are yeah. the mistakes he cannot make. Like, that's the stuff he cannot let happen. So, mm-hmm. anyway, something to watch. Something to watch going forward. He, he, he's he got to figure it out. Um, it's been two times in three weeks. And now it hasn't, it hasn't been us in the butt, right? So, we've, we've been okay and it's not been a huge issue. But it's something that that I jotted down there. I was like, hey, this is something we got to fix. And it's unacceptable. So we'll see how that, that all shakes out with them. Yeah. You're right. I didn't even think of that part. He should be focused 100% on the mm-hmm. clock. <laughs> yeah, what is he doing? <laughs> I didn't think of that at all. Yeah, there should be no mismanagement of the clock when, when he's out there. I mean, when the Cowboys are playing. Like, he's got to be zoned in on taking advantage of everything now and i don't make i don't mind him making a bad call like this was his decision and it didn't work out like i'm okay with that but saying things like there was a guy in the way i couldn't see that's bad or, yeah yeah don't or just that. not really addressing it because uh, i haven't heard him really really stand firm on anything about this past week so i don't know okay i agree now we've seen We've seen three weeks of the NFL. Yep. And nobody looks dominant. Everyone looks quite beatable. Gun to head, who's the best team in the NFL? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's hard to go even, – even though they've lost, it's hard to go against, like – Kansas City or or Tampa Bay. Like, I feel like those are the best teams. But Los Angeles, I think, is is right there in that top tier. The Rams. When I say Los Angeles, I mean the Rams. Yeah. Because they kind of got Stafford. Yep. That game was never really in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I, I like that. Kansas City looks extremely beatable, like you said. Um, nobody like, oh my God, God this team is crazy. Mm-mm. You look at the yeah, undefeated they're... teams in the AFC. Yeah, the undefeated teams in the AFC are the the uncles. Like what? How is that possible? I, I think they're oh, both no, solid they, teams. Yeah, yeah, Raiders and Broncos. They're both yeah. good teams, but. Either one can Yeah, no way. It's going to be a fun year. It really is. You know, to college. 
We'll start with A&M. Arkansas already mentioned it. Arkansas went out and did the, the Texas two-step. The Nagy's. A&M, man. I'm starting to work with them. Only... Their offensive line, you know, I, I said this at the beginning of the year. That's the thing to look at, and it's still not gelling. Now, an offensive line could gel towards the end of the year, but or you know, as the season goes, but by then it might be too late as far as winning an SEC title. Like they're already behind the eight ball on that, and I think they have Alabama in the next two or three weeks. Yeah, they got Mississippi State this week and then Alabama after that. And that's not good. I mean, Mike Leach. Yeah. A&M's having a really hard time scoring. And A&M does have a great defense, but if Mike Leach's team starts scoring, A&M can't keep up with that. So that air, so if you're an Aggie fan or you're watching the game, if if Mississippi State starts clicking on offense on that good A&M defense, it's going to be a long day for the Aggies. And you're going to start seeing that'll be kind of the end of their dreams of competing for a national title, probably even a conference title at that point. So their they're backs are against the wall. We'll see how Jimbo Fisher responds. Um, that's a better team than I think anyone gave credit to. They're playing Georgia this week, so Arkansas can really prove it. That's, that ended up becoming one of the better games of the year now. But as for A&M, man, that defense is going to keep games, but they have to find something on offense. They really do. Or else they're not going to keep up with Mike Leach, and their damn sure not going to keep up with Alabama. Yeah. And if, if they have three losses in the first six weeks of the season or so, that's uh, – now you start talking about the program taking a big back step, not just the season. But we'll see. Um, huge game for, for A&M. Huge this week. Uh, yeah, Texas. Keep going with a and Yeah, I was just going to say, that's the thing. When you're in the the big boy conference, like the SEC, which obviously Texas and we're going to be making that jump here soon. When you lose a game, even though Arkansas is great and they're playing up, they're a hell of a team, but when you lose a game like that, like it, it just ruins your your year, really. Like you you cannot afford a week off. Yeah, you can't. Now, if they can come out and stomp stomp on Mississippi State, I think the feeling in that locker room and the feeling around the program will be better. Yeah. Even though Alabama's a week later, but yeah. But you know, you got you can't let it slide this bad. I would almost say Mississippi State's a must-win game for A&M from a program perspective. Because you lose three straight, and now you're talking about what the hell happened to this team, this program. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Uh, Texas, on the other hand, they were able to bounce back after Arkansas. They made a change at quarterback. I want to say Casey scored on... 27 or 8 of his 31 last series as a quarterback. Sure. Something crazy. The Longhorns haven't punted in two games. <laughs> it just I feels like 
Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian has found a groove as a play caller and as a coach with this offense. Uh, they got TCU this week, which has always been kryptonite, for tech, especially for Herman's Longhorns. But if he can get over that hump, and TCU looks like a bad football team. So if Sark can just stomp them out the way he has Tech and Rice, then he takes momentum going into the Oklahoma game. But if you're a Texas fan, what you want to see this week is the offense continuing to roll. Because, again, Sarkeesian's supposed to be an offensive mastermind. That's why you hire him. You want him to be comparable to Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. And if he continues to do that this week, then you can start feeling good about the Red River rivalry. So uh, if you're a Longhorn fan, that's what you want this week. You want to – he says all gas, no breaks. You want to make sure that's still going on. And if you're going to say – I'm sorry? Every week that passes, that Oklahoma game looks more winnable. Oh, I'll tell you right now, if Texas comes out and continues to maybe punt only once or twice, if the offense looks good still, and they beat TCU by a decent margin, Texas will be going into that game with a ton of confidence. Yeah. Oklahoma has not looked good. No. I think they've gone from number two in the country to like six, and that's still being generous. They barely survived West Virginia at home. Was it that gave them a bunch of problems? I mean, yeah, Nebraska before that, they yeah. So yeah, Texas could be trending up if Sark, if Sark keeps that offense rolling. Uh, that's an early game, the TCU game. So if, again, if you're a Longhorn fan or just an observer, you'll be looking at the offense just to see what they're doing. And as a whole team, do they continue to, you know, every game they've had that they've won, it's been a blowout. Was the Arkansas game an anomaly? Or is this going to be an inconsistent game? Yeah. So we'll see in Fort Worth this week. But enough of those guys. The big story around town. Mm -hmm. UTSA. Wow. They had maybe their biggest win in program history this week, beating an undefeated Memphis team on the road. And they did it with such grit. They were down 21-0 real quick. Most football teams would fold. And Jeff Trader just stuck to his guns. He kept running the football. He stayed true to his game plan. He kept the team fighting and focused and ended up winning 31-28. That this team is special. And against Illinois, the podcast after that game, every time Illinois got Illinois got close, UTSA would answer. Yeah. They never the game never got too big for them. And in this game against Memphis, they didn't let twenty one point deficit, you know, break their back, break their spirit. They kept fighting. Jeff Trailer has got this program on fire. Like the buzz around town, they're getting national attention. They got top 25 votes this week. There's even talk of them moving up in conferences, and, and we won't get to that until there's anything substantial. But UTSA has a ton of buzz. 
Uh, this yeah. week, Jeff Trailer was giving out Whataburger to the students. Wow, that's nice. I, I mean, this. I think Alamo Audible. I, you know, don't quote me on who broke the story, but someone broke the story that his buyout they up they gave him an extra extension on his contract this off season, and his buyout's over two million now. Wow! I mean, everything's just coming up. UTSA. Didn't Cesar McCormick win an award? Didn't he get awards? Yeah, he was the Earl week. Campbell, I think Tyler Rose, Player of the Week. Yeah, like three TDs, I thought, right? Yeah. When carries, like he's just a workhorse. Right? <laughs> yeah. This team's good, and if UTSA loses a game this year, it's only because they got upset. I want to say they're favored in every one of their games going forward. Now, they can't get too cocky, too complacent. Jeff Trader tells his team, don't eat the cheese, which is, you know, his way of saying, don't get confident, don't get cocky. But, but man, if the buzz around that program is sky high. I think we said it every week now, but they're playing UNLV at home this week. I think it's 5 o'clock at the Dome. I don't know if there's – I don't think – I don't know if there's a more fun thing to do in town. Like, there's so much buzz, so much hype. Go down, tailgate at the Alamo Dome. Go to a game. It, it's exciting. And this team's special. I, I really believe it's a special season. And if you're UTSA, if you're, if you're a fan, you can eat the cheese, I guess, right? It doesn't matter what yeah, the fans sure. do. If you're a UTSA fan... Enjoy you it. start looking at the other undefeated G5 schools and you start rooting against them because the top group of five football team get to go to a big bowl game. And four weeks into the season, 25% of the season done, UTSA is one of those contenders for that bowl spot. Don't get it twisted. They're, they're legit. They just took Memphis's spot. So, uh, yeah, man, if you can't make it to the Dome or you don't live in San Antonio, it, the game's on ESPN+. Plus. I know I'll be watching. I might go to the game if I can get tickets or if I'm free, but I'll definitely watch. I'm excited. I'm excited to see every week. I think every week for UTSA is exciting, and I can't wait to see where this team ends up, where the program ends up, what Jeff Trailer has in store for us? You you might have to, uh, you might have to buy some season tickets, bro. You have to have season tickets to UT and UTSA. I might. I have a cousin that has UTSA season tickets. I kind of hinted of him offering those up to me, but he didn't. He didn't take the bait. <laughs> wow, he's a jerk. <laughs> Hopefully, he listens. Well, because we were talking, he's like, "Well, I can't make it this week because we have a prior <laughs> engagement." I was like, "Oh, really, man? You got those tickets though? What are you gonna do?" He didn't bite. Do I know the worst part? What? I took him to a Longhorn game. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's cold blooded. Mm -hmm. I like that guy. I that guy. Yeah, man, that's the hottest ticket in town. So, Incarnate Word too. I think they're three and one. Trinity's undefeated. College football in San Antonio is on fire. Shout out to Trinity. Shout out Incarnate Word. Football is definitely fun around these parts. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, before we go, nothing else crazy happened in college football. There was one upset. Well, Clemson lost again. Lord knows why they're even ranked still. Yeah. There was another top 25 upset. It's just, it's, I cannot think of it. I really can't. And it's going to drive me crazy. But uh, the big games this weekend, I would say, obviously, we already talked about the local teams. Um, top 25 team now. Arkansas-Georgia hmm. Arkansas, games the one to watch. Arkansas, Georgia, that's 11 a.m. too. So wake up early, get your coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame, two top 10 teams. Oh, wow. So if you're a UTSA fan, you're rooting for Notre Dame. Cincinnati's the highest ranked G5 school. You want Notre Dame to beat them and beat them soundly. Uh, Coastal Carolina, they're playing UL Monroe, but Coastal Carolina is another ranked G5 school. You want to root against them. Alabama Ole Miss, Nick Saban against his old buddy Lane Kiffin. That's another good one. Uh, Yeah, those are the big games. And then Baylor, Oklahoma State, both of them are ranked. So there's plenty to watch this week. But uh, speaking of what you're watching, besides football, Mouse, the world wants to know. What are you watching? Man, I am uh, I am watching to Sad Day in the, the House of Mouse. Or right now, it's really sad, but Big Brother is officially over. Um, that ended last night. So we usually, you know, we usually record this on Wednesdays. So I was a little happy that we pushed it to Thursday night because I was able to watch the uh, the finale live. I didn't have to record it. But, um, yeah, finished watching that. Officially have their, their first African-American winner, which is great. The guy I'm a fan of, the guy I've been rooting for for weeks, won. He was so, the guy uh, you're rooting for? Yeah, yeah. He, nice. I was rooting for him, and he won. He won $750,000. Dang, not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the second place winner was Joe Frazier's son. Remember, I think I talked about him the very, very beginning. Very beginning you did, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so he was uh, – the the guy who actually won gets to pick who who he wants to sit against, right? And basically, there's two people at the very end, and then some of the people that have been kicked out vote on who gets the money. So, but whoever's whoever wins that last competition gets to pick, and he picked his best friend, who is Joe Frazier's son. So Joe Frazier's son made a that was number two. So sad sad to see that end, but glad to get three hours of my life back every week because it gets uh, it gets consuming pretty fast. Um, so I watched Big Brother, some more Friday Night Lights. We're still on that. I'm trying to trying to work my way through that. Nice. Um, yeah, and get through that. And then the only other thing I've I've talked about it before. They drop like little mini seasons for like two, maybe three times a year. Meat Eater, which is on Netflix. Um, it's a show about a guy named Stephen Ranella, huge influencer, has a podcast, huge podcast, huge hunting show, but he. The guy's a great storyteller. I've talked about it before, and, and he's a really good cook, and he has um, a lot of chefs. Like, half the show is hunting, and the other half is, is cooking, and so um, it, it's really neat to watch. So they came out with a new season yesterday, a little mini season. I think I watched three episodes, maybe. Uh, they're, they're like 20, 30 minutes, so they're, so they're pretty quick to get through. Um, and what do you watch that on? It's on Netflix. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta you gotta check it out. The good thing about it, it's not one of those like stage hunting shows like where you know they're country dudes. It's a good watch. The guy like one of the episodes I saw, he 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 missed an animal. Like he just didn't get it. They went far hunting and he he didn't get his animal. So um, it's, it's it's a good watch. The third one I just watched, they uh, they're actually here in Texas, down in deep south Texas, hunting whitetail. Um, and the guy cooks. He has a chef from Austin, who I don't know the name of the the restaurant he's at, but he owns a restaurant in Austin, and everything in that restaurant is from Texas, like from the tomatoes to the wine, the grapes and the wine, like everything is sourced here locally. Dang. And so, yeah, the guy's a pretty good chef, and he does show some neat ways to to cook some stuff. And actually, cooked up a javelina, who most people know probably known as like stink pigs. You know, generally yeah. people say they don't, they don't taste good. But um, he cooked it up, and, and they absolutely loved it. So anyway, Meat Eater on Netflix. Um, if you like hunting or cooking, watch that show because there's there's, uh, there's a little bit of, of both in it. And uh, funny thing is, on the first episode, he did have Luke Combs on it. So Luke Combs is, is on an, is in an episode who, uh, if you remember, maybe two seasons ago, he had Pete Johnson or Pete uh, Alonzo, excuse me. That's right. Uh, yeah. On an episode. So anyway, that's all I got. All right. I am still watching uh, Ted Lasso. They're knocking out of the park. Like they're just. I need to watch that. They're going for the gold. It's funny because they, they just swept the Emmys. And this season, they took it up a notch as far as their acting and storytelling. So I wouldn't. I would probably bet that they go back to back on a lot of that stuff. Uh, Goldberg season started. I don't know how far up. I know you used to watch it, but you know uh, the actor that played Pops, the grandpa died. He passed away. So ha- did they address that? Yeah. Or episode one, they did it oh. in such a Goldberg's way. Oh. Like they just perfected it. it it's an all timer. Oh, I have to watch that. I haven't watched that in years, but I'm a huge fan of that show. Watch, yeah. Episode one came out last week, and they addressed it. Oh, they did such a great job. I also watched the new Wonder Years. It's really good. It is really good. And I'm a, I was a big fan of the original. This one's obviously different. It's from the African American side of you know point of view. But they do a good job of balancing, you know, real life back then and what kids are going through and, and then just the social issues of America. It, it's it's a good show. I really recommend it. And the last thing, have you watched any of the, I know we've talked about a few, Netflix has a series called Untold Sports Stories? No, I don't think I've seen, or you know what I did, is that the one I did, uh, the Malice, Malice the at Palace? the Palace? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw that episode. So the last episode they did was about a minor league hockey team. Doesn't sound too interesting, right? The yeah. owner is the real Tony Soprano. Oh, and his son, who is named AJ, like Sopranos, his son's like a hockey hockey player in, in high school, pretty good. He, he suffers an injury that puts him on the shelf. He can't play hockey anymore. So his dad buys him a minor league hockey team. Wow. And... He lets the 17-year-old run the team. <laughs> That's wild. Not only that, but they flex their mafia muscles and their money, and they build a really, really good minor league hockey team. Oh, wow. But they want it to be kind of in their image, so they make sure that 
they get real goons that can fight. Uh, the FBI is after them because they know he's, you know, mafia boss. It is a great episode. It is. I, I don't even want to tell you anymore just because it's, it's it's nuts. Huh. I gotta uh, check that out. What is that on? Netflix. Netflix. So they have Untold. There's Malice at the Palace. There's one on uh, Christy Martin, the first female famous boxer. She had a crazy life. Uh, there's one on tennis, Roddick and his friend. That's so bad because the show's more about his friend, uh-huh. but I can't remember his name. That one's really interesting just because I didn't realize Andy Roddick and this guy were kind of groomed since they were kids to be like the next American tennis stars. Huh. And then I'm still keeping up with uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena. It's really good. That's on Hulu. It's a Hulu exclusive show. And that's really it for me. And then tons of, fo- tons of football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we go, always review restaurants or local breweries. Sometimes just places to do around San Antonio. I have a kind of a different sort of review. It's called Old Man. Based, and he makes makes guacamole. Uh. Gesso, street corn. And the reason I heard about this guy is there's a local butcher next to my house. And I went, I go in once a week probably. And the last time I go in there, everything is named. And it's all from this label called Old Man's. And I ask him, where'd you get this from? Or, you know, how did it go on your shelf? And he tells me, Somebody came in, another vendor came into his into the butcher, into the meat market, and they said, dude, salsa, it's the best. He makes it fresh. He puts the date on it when he made it. Uh, he wants you to eat it within seven days. He'll drop it off every day. Huh. And the butcher's like, well, every day is a lot. I don't know if I could sell that much. This guy has such a following on Instagram and social media that wherever he start selling his product people flock to it the butcher told me hey i'll buy i'll buy some i'm not going to commit to every day i'll buy some and if it doesn't sell i'll just take it home and eat it he said this guy must have a great social media following because all these people come into my store and it sells out within 24 hours so of course i bite the first time i went in i was like "Eh, that doesn't sound i don't know i go in the next like three days later and it's all new stuff and they're like, yeah, we just can't keep it on the shelves, so I buy it. I did the guacamole and habanero queso. It was amazing. Re- good. It, yeah, it was really good. Really, really yeah. good. So I will on our Instagram account where we put all of our reviews. I'll post the containers so you'll know what they look like. I will tag his Instagram account because you that way you could find a place post you where they sell it or you can buy it right off of him apparently he delivers again he puts the date when he made it the guacamole you could tell was fresh it tasted fresh 
Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now that habanero queso has some serious kick to it. Is, did you? Is it one you eat cold, or did you warm it up, or what did you do? How did you eat that? Cold. I ate it cold. cold. Okay. The queso you could probably warm up if you want to. Yeah. But I ate it cold. Uh, you better be a real G if you're gonna get that habanero queso. I haven't oh. tried the salsa yet, but that'll be next. But uh, I see why he's got the reputation he does and the following he does. So again, we'll tag him on Instagram. That way, you you know you can find it somewhere close to you, and probably end up joining his social media army. That apparently he's got a great following, uh, and it's well deserved. Again, it was really really good. So uh, I'm glad I came across that. That's something, you know, we try to stay in touch with the new things that people like around here. That was something that just fell in my lap. It was word of mouth, and I'm yeah, and if, and anybody, if you're looking for, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, if anybody, if they, you know, everybody has these little spots or connections here in San Antonio with yes. good food, good food or, or sauce or anything like this. Put it on our Facebook or tweet, tweet us or Instagram. Let us know about it. Yes, exactly. Because uh, we've done reviews of places that other people told us about. Um, I remember. Yes. We had like two or three people say, hey, Wayne's Wings, Wayne's Wings. You got to do Wayne's Wings. And I know that's the place that's won you over the most. Oh, yeah. Um, we've done food trucks that people have told us about. So we are willing to try it. Like, we're not experts. We just we try to keep in touch with all the best places in town. But, yeah, if you got a place that you want to recommend that we try and we review, we're, we're all. And if you want to hear or see... All of our older reviews, go to our Instagram, at Spurs and Salsa. That's also our Twitter account. And like Miles said, we also have a Facebook page. But yeah, jump on there. And we'll see uh, what we get next week as far as eating or drinking. But uh, yeah, Old Man Salsa. Go on our Instagram. That's a picture. And again, I'll tag them. And... Uh, let me what you think. But that is all I have for today, Mouse. Any parting words before before we go? Mm. I know you're excited. You got a pep in your step. Yeah, I got a pep in my step, and uh, no, I don't have anything. I, I'm I'm, at a, I'm so excited. I'm at a loss for words. I'm, I'm actually looking on Facebook trying to find this old man's house and where the heck I can find it near me. So if you see me, uh, if you see me on there, that's what, that's what I'm doing, trying to find where it is. All right, all right. It looks, it looks delicious. All right. Well, I will tag you on Instagram too then. <laughs> Do it. All right. Until next week, uh, go Cowboys and go Spurs, go.